0: Two of us today. You're privileged, and really, we're privileged to be reading His Word. Think about it—the words of God for us. Proverbs chapter nine. Reading all the way through to verse eighteen. Wisdom has built a house; she's hewn out its seven pillars she has prepared her meat and mixed her wine she has also set her table she has sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city let all who are simple come in here she says to those who lack judgement come eat my food drink the wine I have mixed leave your simple ways and you will live walk in the way of understanding Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct the wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous man and he will add to his learning.
1: The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your days will be many and your years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you, you alone will suffer.
0: The woman folly is loud. She's undisciplined, without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house at the, point of the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who goes straight on their way. Let those who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depth of the grave.
1: I'll just reach spitting distance. (laughs) sorry what was that Reg (laughs) let's pray Father God we do praise and thank you that we are able to to turn and read from your holy word Lord we know that your words are words of life and your wisdom is wisdom that gives meaning and purpose Lord, I pray that, that as we look at this passage now, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would use my words this morning. Lord, that all of us would, would have open hearts and minds and ears, that we might allow you to speak into our lives. Amen. Apparently, within the next few months, whenever Ms. Gillard gets around to it, we're going to have uh, an election. And uh, already for a while now, I've noticed on the TV how all the politicians are in campaign mode. Everybody is out there releasing policies and releasing uh, statements and making promises because they're they're trying to get us to choose to vote for them. They, They want our allegiance. They want our vote. They want their message to sink into our lives and convince us that they are right. And in some ways, this is very similar to the situation that we've got here in in Proverbs chapter 9. We've got two parties. We've got the party of of, uh, Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom. And we've got the party of Dame Folly. And both of these ladies, as we've read in this chapter, uh, are, are doing their best to convince us that they have what we need. Both of these ladies are issuing an invitation in the, in the Proverbs and, and to us today to choose to come in and, and eat with them, to sit with them, to side with them. And I'd like to suggest that, that Proverbs 9, although it was written so long ago, speaks so much to today. Proverbs 9 is, is all about polling time, the time when we have to make our choice, the time before Jesus comes back. If you remember back to the very first sermon that we did about five weeks ago, Proverbs chapter 1, I, I think I suggested to you that, that the book of Proverbs is, is, is in two parts. Uh, You've got the first nine chapters, which which are basically an instruction manual, uh, uh, a book that teaches us how to understand wisdom. It it gives us the the, the basic requirements for living a wise life. And then chapter 10 forward says, there's just pearls of wisdom thrown at us, like like from a Gatling gun. And we've seen over the last few weeks what it means to pursue wisdom. We've seen what it means, what it looks like to live a life that is successful in the eyes of God. We saw the first week that that, that a wise life is one where God takes centre stage. Uh, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We see that again in in today's passage, 9-10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We saw the second week that, that, that when we choose to live foolishly our actions have consequences. We saw that the week after that that wisdom is, is all about God saying turn to me and I will save you and give you all that you need for life. And last week we saw as we looked at, at chapter 6 how, how wisdom insists on speaking into every single part of our lives and today as I've already said today is the showdown today is the passage which, which, which lays the choice down for us and says right before we move on before we throw the pearls out decide which side you're on decide whether you are for wisdom or for folly are you going to go into wisdom's door and eat with her or are you going to sneak into, into folly's house are you going to choose to grow in your knowledge and understanding of the Lord? Or will you laughingly focus on eating and drinking and being merry? So let's have a look what we've got here in, in chapter 9. If you've got your Bibles, keep them open there. Uh, in the first few verses, uh, verses 1 to 6 of, of chapter 9, we're, we're given this picture of, of lady wisdom who has gone and, and built herself this, this mansion of a house on the very highest point of the city, where, where everybody can see her. Wherever you are, you can look up and you can see her house. And, and it is a, a mansion of a house. Seven pillars um, suggests to me that, 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 if nothing else, it's a big place. I mean, seven-pillared house is not to be sneezed at. But but more than that, I mean, the number seven is one of those numbers which which usually speaks about perfection and and, and being as good as it can be. I mean, remember, God took seven days to make the world, and at the end He looked and said, Ah, spot on. And I think what we've got here is wisdom, whose seven-pillared house is is just this most perfect, this building that, that cannot be improved on. This mansion. And it's a mansion that, that wisdom has put a lot of hard work and effort into. You, you see in the second half of verse 1 there that, that, that it says that wisdom hewed, hewed I never get the past tense of that word. Wisdom has hewn out these pillars. She's carved them out by herself. She's, she's put in the hard yards. But the reason wisdom has worked so hard, we're told in the next few verses, is that she wanted to throw a party. She built this mansion of a house so that she could invite in all the simple-minded, all those who lack heart, those who lack judgment. And she wants to invite them in and, and, and have them sit around her table and eat their fill and be satisfied. And really what wisdom offers here to her guests in this, in this uh, parable is, is luxurious and extravagant. Um, verse 2, we're, we're told that she's prepared her meat and mixed her wine. Uh, she's also set her table. Uh, I'm, I'm reliably informed that, that mixing wine, you you'd put in honey or spices or whatever and make your wine taste really nice. I've never tried It might be good. Do you know, it sounds like a nice meal. She's got some meat, she's got some food, she's got a nicely set table. It sounds okay. But you know, if we were to, to hear this as the people that first heard the book of Proverbs, this is not just, oh, nice meal. This is, wow, what a meal! I mean, meat back then was so expensive, you, you just didn't eat it much. Mixed wine was for the snobs. And yet, here we have this picture of wisdom going out and building a mansion and putting in a whole bunch of work and making this magnificent feast and saying, whoever comes, come. All you simple-minded, come in and eat. Anyone is welcome to, to have this rich fare of mine. Verse 3, she sends out her messengers, her her maids into the town and, and she calls from the highest point of the city and, and she invites verse 4, the simple minded to come in. Uh, she invites anyone who, who isn't wise, anyone who, who has not yet grown to, to understand what it means to have a God of love who, who is involved with His people. She invites all those who don't know what it means to have a relationship with God, to to fear God, to know Jesus. You know, as, as I read Proverbs chapter 9, I, I'm reminded of, of a story that Jesus told. If you've got your Bibles, keep a finger in Proverbs, but, but flick over with me to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. There's a similar one in Matthew 22, but Luke 14, verse, um, I'll, I'll just read for you, verse 16. Jesus replied, There was a certain man preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The servant came back, verse 21, and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet." You know, it's, it's fairly clear, reading through um, Jesus' parables and, and even through the Old Testament, that that it's God's MO to invite people to come to Him. I mean, all the time it's, come to me, turn to me, let me save you, let me give you life. And, and, and this picture of, of of us being invited to a feast is is one that crops up time and and time again. And it's a rich feast. Obviously, it's the feast that that God is preparing in Jesus' parable. And, And we know from Proverbs that this is an expensive meal. I mean, meat and mixed wine. But don't we know from this side of the cross how, how really expensive a meal it is? It's a meal, says verse 6 of Proverbs 9, that, that will give us life. But its cost was beyond expense. As we sang in one of our songs, I think His, his body the bread, His blood the wine broken and poured out all for love. I mean, the cost of God to, to offer us wisdom and life was God incarnate Himself dying on the tree so that you and so that I, so that our simpletons and, and, and those of us lacking in heart and judgment could come in and sit down with God and, and be filled and, and be given life. And you see, this is something that has that hopefully come out a few times over our look at Proverbs so far. But, but at the end of the day, wisdom's invitation to us is God's invitation to us. The invitation to walk a new life, verse 6. The, the invitation to live in the knowledge of who God is. Because chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One. Is understanding, for through me your days will be many and years will be added to your life. Isn't that good news? All of you sitting here, oh, this is so serious stuff. This is good stuff. This is wonderful news, but there's always a but. But there are those who who don't want to come and join wisdom at her feast. Not everyone who hears the good news of Jesus, who hears His offer of life and newness and wisdom and knowledge wants to follow Him. And and I think the reason is is what we've got here in verses 6 through 8. We're told that that, that choosing to to sup with wisdom, choosing to accept Jesus' offer of life means allowing God to rebuke and correct and renovate. If you were to go to my house right now and you were to go to my kitchen cupboard uh, above my microwave and you were to open it up and stick your hand in right to the back, you would find some tins and packets that have been there, I think, for three or four years. Since I moved down to this part of the world... (laughs) And they should not be there. They should not be there. You know, choosing to, to turn in at Wisdom's house to follow Jesus, th- that means allowing God to open the kitchen cupboards of our lives and reach in and, and, and pull out the stuff and say, look, how does this match with where you are now? How does that fit with the fact that you are now my people? That you are around my table? And and the thing is that wisdom does insist on challenging us. I mean, yes, it's true. God accepts us as we are. Uh, the message, the call goes out to all who are walking past from the highest point of the city. But but when we enter in with wisdom, we we learn, verse 10, some more about who God is and and, and when we learn what God is like, we learn what, what God means us to be like. And, and as, we, as we eat with wisdom, as we, as we sit with her through life, we become more and more like her. We, we absorb wisdom into us. And I'm not just talking pie in the sky here. I mean, this, this is so real in, in Christian life. I mean, remember Paul's brilliant... Uh, saying in, I think, 1 Corinthians 1, 17, 18 or something, where it says, Christ is become our wisdom and our righteousness. And as we follow Jesus, as we live with Him, as we read of Him, as we interact with Him through prayer and, and just speaking with Him, God is at work within us, changing us to make us more like Him, like Jesus. I mean, this is, this is such a picture of grace God says, come in, let me provide you your food and all that you need for life and while I'm at it, I'm going to do some renovation and I'm going to change you to what I meant you to be right from the beginning and then you will know what it means to live a wise life because you'll know what I'm like. But there are those who would rather have their kitchen cupboards stay closed they closed there are those we read in those middle verses who refuse God who mock, who hate God who who abuse God's people who who do not want to go through wisdom's front door who stand and they smell that beautiful food and they laugh it off people who say things like you'll never see me walk through the door of a church well, how dare you speak to me about your Jesus? It's very well for you, but it's not for me. There are those who would ignore wisdom's offer and turn to the other offer on the table, that of Dame Folly. Because like, like wisdom we see in verses 13 to 17, Dame Folly stands, well, she doesn't even stand. She sits outside her house. Turn in, I got some feet. I mean, yes, she's really, in effect, calling out the same call that wisdom does. If you look at verses four, where wisdom calls, and verse sixteen, where, where folly calls, it's exactly the same words. But there is a big difference. Wisdom, we were told, worked really hard to build this house and to prepare this this wonderful banquet. When we come to folly, her house doesn't get a mention. It's not really worth much description, and she hasn't really gone to much effort to provide some food. She's stolen some bread, she's stolen some, some water. I mean, Lady Wisdom is class. She sends out her maids to, to offer the invitation. God sent His prophets, He sends us. Folly can't be bothered. She just sits there and she yells. Um, verse 13, we're told that she's loud and undisciplined and without knowledge. This, this is not a pleasant lady. The kind of lady you'd walk to the other side of the, the street to avoid, I hope. But, but look, verse 17, at what Dame Folly has to offer. I mean, her big draw card, her, her rallying cry, is an offer of stolen water and the chance to eat some forbidden food. I mean, look, verse 17. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. I mean, in other words, the the thrill that foolishness offers is the thrill of doing what we're not supposed to do. And there is a rush in that, isn't there? Can I share something with you which I don't think I've shared with anyone? Oh, this is an embarrassing time in my life. Um, from when I was little we had a a pair of walkie talkies when I was little my brothers and I and one day they fell and they broke and we took them to a family friend who managed to get them working again in fact he managed to get them working better than before because all of a sudden our walkie talkies short range were working on the police frequency And then there came the day when there was a big bicycle race up past the front of our house. And there was this lovely thick tree at the top of our driveway. Of course, the police were there uh, taking, making sure nobody ran over the cyclists. So what did I, I got into a tree right in the top with my walkie-talkie and I started taking the mickey out of the police. <laughs> oh! I'm still embarrassed about that. <laughs> they never did catch me. But you know, I knew it was wrong, but there was a thrill. There was a thrill. And that's the kind of thrill that Dame Folly offers. That, that's the kind of thrill that, that, that a world that leaves God out of the picture, that's the best they can offer. Do what you like, and enjoy what God has forbidden, enjoy whatever is forbidden. Do you know, it's actually such a pathetic offer. I mean, here we've got this sumptuous meal, bread and water. How cheap can you get? Of course, the other thing that Dame Foley doesn't mention but which Wisdom points out in verse 18 is, is that if you choose to eat at her house and not Wisdom's house, you are on a one-way track to death because only God's meal is the meal that brings life. Only God can give us all that we need. We might get a temporary thrill, but it's not going to fill our souls. It's not going to set us right with God. And, and ultimately our choice to, to trapse into that place and not into God will catch up with us. You know, for years after that walkie-talkie incident, I was racked with guilt. Uh, whenever I saw a policeman, I was sure that they had come to arrest me. None if anyone here has heard about the, uh, the dead horse, Aram Lily, or the titan, Um, Arum Uh, it's an interesting plant uh, two different plants they're an interesting plant because um, well it's called the dead horse Arum lily because basically the flower on this plant looks like a piece of dead rotting meat and and what makes it even more the kind of flower you want to grow at home is that it smells like dead rotten meat In fact, it produces the same chemicals that a rotting corpse produces. Which sounds disgusting to me. But if you were a carrion beetle or a fly, that is, oh, heaven on a stick. But, I mean, it seems attractive, it seems like a good deal, but but when the carrion beetles or the flies come in, they find that there is no nectar. There is no dead meat. All they get is the thrill of the invitation and nothing else. It's an empty promise. And they starve. And ultimately those who choose they folly, it's the same thing with, with foolishness and, and with sin. And so we come here at, at, at chapter 9 as as we finish our series through Proverbs and uh, and we come again to this choice that that has to be made, whether we will ally ourselves with wisdom, with Jesus, or whether we will choose the way of of folly. And and I know that that most of us here have chosen which path, which which table we're going to sit at, but, but you know we need to choose again and again and again and again and again. We need to choose to put God first, to not be allured by the thrill of, I mean, of, of a pathetic meal. I mean, there's a passage that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, but having tasted, what a tragedy to go back for stolen food. But the promise of wisdom is, is that those who are wise get wiser. What does it say here? Um, I've lost my place here. Instruct a wise man, verse 9, and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. There are the two tables, there are the choices. I'm standing on this side. <laughs> Len, let's pray. Father God, we do thank You that You are such a gracious, loving God who time and again invites us to come and, and partake of You and partake with You. Lord, we thank You that, that You are our way of life and that You are our very life. Lord, we pray that You would help us to to not be tempted by by folly's raucous calls, but Lord, that we might continue to to savor Your wisdom and Your goodness and Your life. Amen.